Aaron said it. Welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. Um, we are recording a couple days later because I was selfish and it was my 25th wedding anniversary. So Brittany and I hung out together and uh, anniversary. Re- recording a podcast isn't all that romantic, you know, so um, but 25 years of marriage. So, yeah. So happy anniversary to my my wonderful lobster. So um, that's a friends reference by the way that throws a lot of people every time i say you know you're my lobster they think that i'm weird but whatever um <clears throat> but um exciting uh uh we're, i know with the Hudat jedi podcast but let's talk about pelicans for a second so zion is he gonna leave <laughs> and, well, not yet. and, not and, and can we get people's parents to shut the my up please your son's a big boy making big bucks, you know, so just sit down, shut up, you know. Anyway, sorry. It's just been a supernova of news for the NBA over like the last day or so. So it's just, I just chalk that up to that. That's what Luca's, like, Luca's talking about. He wants out too, right? Uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. and the, the, but there was just like things breaking left and right. And it was just, Everything was going. I mean, the big news, obviously, is they let the coach go. Uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. Stand, that, so. I, I buried the lead on that one, but you know, um, and I don't know, you know, and it's like, uh, but it just it just drives me nuts um, when it when when parents get involved. You know what I mean? It's like at the college yeah. level, even makes me kind of go, shut up. You know, did anybody here, did your parents call the professor when you got a bad grade on a test? You know, it happens nowadays. And now it's like you got, I don't know, it, it uh, just bothers me. But but especially, okay, man, you are a professional basketball player. And I get it that you are only, you know, what, 20 years old. You know, get it. But, you know. You got a contract, and if and if you don't like it, that you know, you know, some people get hired at jobs, then they find out it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. So, you know, but somebody made a good point on Twitter, and I'm sorry, this doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. Everybody made a good point. They said, you know, we would be, we should be more worried if Zion was really happy with the way things are going with the Pelicans. So maybe this will light a fire under the organization's butt to get some things right. So. Well, the dif- the difficulty here is for Zion. I mean, I, it's it's this is where the differences in the sport come into play. When you're a 20 year old football player, a 20 year old baseball player, you're most likely spending your time in college or in the minors. You're you're doing kind of thing. 20 year old NBA player, he can be a superstar. And so, right. the moment he got drafted, he's no longer Zion, the 20 year old kid. He's Zion Incorporated. Uh, so they're always thinking about how they can expand their brand, their awareness, whatever. And nothing does that as much as winning. I mean, the, whether it's Giannis or or Harden, whatever, that doesn't. The, the difficult part for the Pelicans, though, is this is now the second number one overall guy they've gotten. This is now the third or fourth major star they've had in town since they've been here. 
they got to make it work. Yeah. <clears throat> After it didn't work with CP3, it didn't work with uh, Anthony Davis. They have to make it work with someone because you can't just simply be in a, in a cycle of draft a superstar, you know, spend a few years trying to make the playoffs, superstar leaves and rebuild. I will. I will say this household is a team uh, teaspoon. So um, <laughs> that'd be that'd be a that'd be a daring choice and a bold choice and a good choice for the Pelicans. Um, Mm-hmm. But, it'd, be, yeah. it'd be interesting uh i don't i mean i'm with fredo you got to get it right yeah i mean i don't care who it is i just that you get it right because like at this point it's um you know franchise threatening um to to bungle it over and over and over like this i mean like as long as gail's there the team is going to be here but what happens you know when the what passes on to new ownership. And right. at that point, the future of the franchise is at stake. So you got to get it right. Um, Zion is transcendently talented. And if you look at the raw numbers, um, like he's doing things that other people have never done before. And the wins, they're actually about where they normally are for a young superstar, somebody of his age in the NBA is generally not winning a whole lot and they were on the cusp of the playoffs and and so they were basically on schedule but the problem is like now you've parted ways with two coaches in two years and it gives off the impression that you have no idea what you're doing it's like nebraska football yeah um (laughs) you know it it becomes a spiral um so yeah they got to get this hire right um they got to make zion happy and uh make pelicans fans happy in the process well like i said y'all didn't come to listen about you know sports but we tend to talk sports every now and again so um that's a big thing that's happening um and of course everybody batting down the hatches because we got we got rain a coming so um everybody, yeah everybody it tis the season so um but let's uh brighten everybody's let's put some silver linings around those clouds and let's uh let's talk some Star Wars and Loki tonight. So we're going to be in Marvel and Star Wars. This will be the crossover event of the of the podcast. So, uh, but first, as always, we're going to start with trivia. So, um, Fredo, I'm going to start with you. Holy cow! What pack animal does a pike wielding picador ride in the Geonosis Arena? Did I pronounce all those right? What pack animal does a pike-wielding picador ride in the Geonosis arena? I can picture the animal. I cannot picture the, remember the name. So, Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know the this. Do-back? A do-back? I don't know. <laughs> Dave, do you know? No idea. You know what? No idea. You know what we should do? We should see who listens, and we should leave this, like, we're just going to leave that answer as unanswered, so see if anybody on Twitter will uh, let us know what they think the answer is. That's you can't be... do that to me. I, I need to know what, what is the answer. Well, here, here, let me do this. I'll, I'll hold it up to the camera so you guys can maybe see it. It's the blue one. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I am I am a big Star Wars nerd, but I have never heard of that. So, folks, if you go to at what at, to our Twitter account, um, and uh, let us know what you think the answer is, 
uh, I don't know, maybe we'll like send you some stickers or something, you know, uh, we got some Hoot at Jedi stickers, don't we? I've got some yeah. still. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, I'll say it once again. What pack animal does a pike wielding picador ride in the Geonosis arena? I'm just going to set that aside because three of us were stumped. I think it's the hardest question we've had. I think so. I think so, man. So Fredo, I'm not going to give you any negative points for that. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to give you another question actually. All right. Who does C3PO refer to as a, as very old indeed soon after meeting him? Who does C-3PO refer to as, oh, very odd indeed. I'm sorry, not old, odd. I even got my glasses on. Very odd indeed. Okay, I was about to say, uh, I have no idea how old, but very odd, Jar Jar Binks. That is Jar Jar Binks. That is the correct answer. All right, Dave, to you. Oh, come on, because I have my rule of I got to read the first one I see. What milestone did the Millennium Falcon beat in its record-setting Kessel Run, according to Han? What milestone did the Millennium Falcon beat in its record-setting Kessel Run, according to Han? I can never really remember this one, so it's actually kind of challenging for me. I know that you probably have it committed to memory. Um, I, I think it's 12 parsecs 12 parsecs is the answer yes okay because the funny gag in solo is you know he's like it's 12 if you round down yeah yeah Yeah. and of course the gag in uh uh, force awakens is you know made the castle run in 14 parsecs and han yells 12 14 which was good all right so for me How many troopers fall to Leia's blaster before she is captured aboard her consular ship? How many? Wow. How many troopers fall to Leia's blaster before she's captured aboard her consular ship? Um, So it's how many troopers did Leia shoot? She only shot one. Yep, Mm -hmm. just shot one. All right. Yep, just shot one. All right. Now we're all warmed up, but yeah, now let's see how many people respond to us on on Twitter. And if even if you want to like, if you look up the answer, that's fine too. But yeah, um, and if you can find a picture online of what this creature was, that would be interesting as well. <laughs> Thinking about breaking out my encyclopedias that I got for Christmas. But instead, Fredo, tell us what's new in Geek World. Okay, so I'll start with. Uh... Speaking of geek stuff, uh, let's just start with uh, kind of the first one regarding Disney+. Plus. They've officially made it, they've made it official. They're shifting all their premieres to Wednesdays. So, starting with Loki, all of the following major TV uh, series that they're going to premiere on Disney+, Plus, rather than premiering on Fridays, they're going to premiere two days early on Wednesdays, so... Your Mandalorian, your Book of Boba Fett. They say why? Your Tur- Turner and Hooch. They're going to be ones. Uh, let me see. They're- yeah, I read the story. Um, mm-hmm. Just to jump in. Yeah, it's uh, it, Loki did really well. <laughs> and <there's> one. Com- <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a lot of competition on Fridays. Uh, Netflix usually drops on Friday. All right. Yeah, I think that, that's kind of what, you know, they took a, they took a look at the fact that Loki became their instant hot new number one most streamed new show ever. However, they which... didn't take into consideration me and Brittany at Target last night, and we went, I forgot to watch Loki. 
So <laughs> we were, you took us out of our routine, Disney, but now, okay, now that is going to be the routine. All right, cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So expect that now here going forward. And, you know, so it's not going to be just uh, for one thing, because I don't know if it was by design because of the bad badge being on Fridays, but now it's going to be this way going forward. So it's, it's um, an interesting thing because like Friday, you, Friday and Saturday used to be like a death slot for networks, right? You couldn't program in those slots and get people to watch. Well, it was Monday through Thursday. Because right? people go out on Fridays. And then during, exactly. during the pandemic, nobody was going out. So release that stuff on Fridays. <laughs> now people can start going out again on Fridays. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I... Yeah. Yeah, it you makes know. sense, right? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get a... See, that's the thing. It's all about those... Uh, tweets and retweets and likes it's all about driving the conversation so they uh they definitely want to um uh be ahead of the curve in regards to the way people respond to their shows and if they've not been once that's supposed to try to get to the head all to their good uh move right quick to the next well actually not the next the next uh, the one after the next uh star wars tv show uh the directs confirmed that um our good friend Forrest Whitaker is going to come back for Andor as, uh, what's his name, Saul Guerrero. And they're also reporting that there's rumors that Ben Mendelsohn will come back as Krennic for Andor. So once confirmed, one, one is pretty much guaranteed that's going to happen. We're going to get Saul Guerrero back in, into Star Wars once again for Andor, which kind of doesn't surprise you because we've seen him in all the other properties. We saw him in Rebels. We just saw him in Bad Batch. But they are bringing back Ben Mendelsohn as well to play uh, Krennic well, before. And that and that's that's that is a rumor, right? I mean, because the the right. the Forrest Whitaker thing got that got dropped by um oh the guy who was in Thor and and uh you know the the doctor who was in Thor and now is in Andor. Um, Ske- oh, Skelly. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Skarsgård. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he he dropped it in an interview, going, "Yeah, I had mm-hmm. you know scenes with you know Forrest Whitaker and everything." Like, huh? Well, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a rumor. It's not confirmed, but yeah, the the idea is that you will get uh, both Krennic and Saw back, you know, back into Star Wars. So we get to see Saw. We get to see Saw. Yes. We already uh, saw Saw. <laughs> several times. Several times we saw Saw. Mm-hmm. But can we see Saw again after we saw Saw? All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so from two names that are coming back to one that says he's not coming back. So last week, Liam Neeson was in uh, doing the interview with Jimmy Kimmel. You, show. Want, me, you want me to play the clip? Yeah, if you got it. Thank you, thank you, technology. So here we go. Yes, I I heard uh, Ewan McGregor was going to do a a series. Um, No, I don't think so. No, I haven't been approached. You don't have enough. The thing about it is, (laughs) you said you have or you haven't been approached about it. Uh, I I haven't been approached. I I see. Interesting. But uh, so yeah, so basically, yeah. Liam Neeson says he has not been approached to be part of Obi-Wan Kenobi and then says they couldn't afford me while making that dollar uh, sign with his hands, meaning he's expecting that if he's going to do this, he's going to get handsomely rewarded. And like I, like I told you guys, 
in our in our private chat. What do actors do for a living? They act. act. They act and they lie, right? I mean, they. It's. It's. I mean. It. I mean, if if he was just. A, it, I mean, I don't know. It's. It's easy just to say no. I'm not going to be in it because, you know. Otherwise, it's like. I mean, I don't know. The other thing is that he might not have been approached yet because they could just call him in because it's probably just going to be voiceover work, you know? Right. So, right. I don't know. But you would figure that if you, I mean, in some instances, voiceover work is easy to get in and do at the last minute, or you could have gotten that done first. You know? I bet he's and lying. Just I, I just bet dollars to donuts he's lying. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. Dave, what do you think? You got like a look on your face like you're skeptical. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just skeptical. Yeah, I mean that's it. I think uh, we'll see. Um, I, I think it's it's cute and it's funny. Like that that was a, that was a better way to uh, deal with the questioning than most people have. I think because like a lot of the time we 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 critique these actors who step in it. A little bit and in this case he had fun with it and was like hey you know pony up a little bit and so i like that um, yeah i thought it was fun but we'll see so moving from that and i'll mention right quick there is a going to be barnes and nobles doing a virtual event with all five authors of the high republic books for next month not, not this monday coming up the last monday of the month the 28th at 5 p.m. our time, so 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. And it's going to be uh, via Zoom, because obviously virtually. But yeah, they're going to have Kevin Scott, Daniel Seolder, Justina Ireland, Claudia Gray, and Charles Sule all doing a panel on the High Republic book and the next series of books that are supposed to be coming out. So it's free to attend, obviously, but they do want you to sign up via their Eventbrite uh, link. So to, you have to get a ticket, but it's free of charge for anybody who wants to do that. I don't know. I want to say the last one, the one that they did when they uh, premiered the whole High Republic line, what ended up being rather fun and good. Cool. I don't have anything else to say <laughs> because I haven't read any of the High Republic smile. stuff. I haven't read any of the High Republic stuff, and what I need to do is I need to go down to the comic book store and, and just by that because i'm not i mean i've got a couple novels that are sitting on the you know bed stand that i haven't gotten to but comic books i'll probably get through a little quicker yeah uh, i've been in the same boat rate lately i haven't been able to read as much um early in the pandemic that was like one of the best like side effects for me was that i just sat down and read more um and lately it hasn't been the case so i need to I need to just force myself to do that. Okay, well, we'll finish off on a couple of news uh, regarding possible, well, possible, upcoming movies. Uh, first things last, uh, they asked Taika Waititi, whom we said last show, have wrapped principal photography on Thor, Love and Thunder, as to whether or not his next movie project was going to be his Star Wars movie that was announced years ago. So discussing it in an interview, he said, quote, I don't know if that's going to be Star Wars. I hope it'll be that. But there's a whole lot of other little things that I've got my sticky little fingers attached to. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Like I said, like we kind of suggested last last time, uh, it would be a really big thing to do the announcement of his movie at Celebration, you know, in uh, next year. But that may be, you know, up too far ahead for them or, you know, he might be looking to do something before else before he jumps into Star Wars. So, th- so this kind of is like the um, the Liam Neeson thing, just a little bit. I mean, it's like it. Um, again, play. I, I've said many times on this podcast, I played in a band, and here's how you when somebody comes up and makes a request, you always tell them, "Yeah, we'll try to get to that later," or "Yeah, we'll play mm-hmm. that next set," or something. I mean, you you never say. No, I hate that song. I've done that once, but no, you never. You just you don't say no. I hate that song, or no, we're not going to play that because then the person's going to walk out and leave. So, you know, Taika gave a, a you know, non-denial denial or non-answer answer, right? It's like, you know, I, yeah, I got a lot. Hope so. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. We'll see. You know, whereas I can't believe that a director and a production company is that loosey goosey. I would have to think it's like somebody is like saying, all right, you're going to start shooting on X date. Does that work for you? You know, yes or no. Can it be two weeks later? I don't know. I just can't believe that it's like, eh, maybe, you know, uh, but they're under NDA to say, cause they're not going to, you know, leak that story. So anyway, I think you're right. Hey, I mean, I really do. First. Oh. <laughs> uh, these are the these are the things that they have to tell reporters and people who ask those questions. Just to, and you well, have I don't really know. You have the answer in your back pocket because you know you're going to be you know going on Jimmy Kimmel as big of a Star Wars nerd as he is. He's going to ask Liam Neeson, "Are you going to be in the Obi Wan?" So you have something prepared. You know, or Taika Waititi, you know, everybody's going to talk to you about either, you know, Thor or they're going to, you know, talk about what you were doing on that balcony or they're going to ask you about the Star Wars movie. So you have your, you know, you don't want to, you have your answer that's not going to create a story, you know, so anyway. Most of the time, this is what you're going to get. Every now and then you'll get like some crazy thing from somebody who was like, no, that thing got canceled. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Now we have a headline. All right, now we have. Headline. So that that actually happened. Did you listen to the Star Wars Underworld podcast? They were uh, when Ming Na Wen. They played the audio from it. Ming Na Wen was on the um, uh, uh, 501st um, event that we you know that we plugged a couple weeks the ago. Thirty eight. Yeah. yeah, and and she let it slip that um, Book of Boba Fett wrapped. And somebody on the call, one of the 500 first guys goes, because <gasps> they knew that, oh my God, she just, she just said something, you know, <laughs> and so not that it was anything, and let's, but. And let's be fair. I mean, Taika's good. Taika directed the last episode of season one of Mandalorian. I'm pretty sure he's keeping in constant communications with Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni. They know that if they need to you know, if, if they're looking to make that be then his next project, what his schedule is going to look like, what it needs to be done, when he's done with Marvel. You know, if he wants to go do something else, like another Jojo Rabbit, before he takes that on, they they can work that around his schedule. So, you know, obviously it's not going to be, you know, this is not going to be just dropped out of the blue, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I'll finish up right quick though, because speaking of Star Wars movies, they're interviewing, and this would be a nice segue, uh, they're interviewing uh, Michael Waldron, who's the showrunner 
writer for Loki. And he's also writing the script for the Kevin Feige produced Star Wars movie. So he's doing this interview with GQ and they asked him, well, what about uh, working with Kevin Feige for Star Wars now? And he goes, you know, it's, his quote is, it's very early days on Star Wars. That's probably the thing I can say the least about, unfortunately. You know, then he gets into stuff that Kevin Feige shares with Sam Raimi, who's directing Doctor Strange 2, which he co-wrote, and stuff that, like uh, working with Dan Harmon. And so so he's talking about how Kevin's a great listener, wants to hear his ideas, you know. And he says, I think, uh, I'll finish with this. He says, and I think Star Wars at its best is a story about family. Han, Luke, and Leia were a family. You love seeing them together, and you hated it when they were split apart. It's great character, so that's nothing new. Not going to blow anybody's mind with that headline, but that's my biggest takeaway. So he's already kind of focused on what he's going to do, but he admits it is at the, maybe chapter one, verse one of where that story, where that's got to be, you know, in terms of uh, making that movie come out to theaters. You know, so this is what I think, uh, you know, 24-hour news cycle and social media and podcasts and things like that, that's what has... Imagine if those were around in 1980, you know, because when we were kids, it was like Star Wars. And then you went about your life and then all of a sudden there's a new Star Wars coming out. It wasn't, you know, so-and-so was seen at L Street Studios. So, you know, or, you know, there's this is being built and, you know, spy, you know, spy satellites are taking pictures of stuff. So people know like the minute anybody breathes life into a new star wars project and then they they want it to be now when it's mm -hmm. like there's a lot of stuff that goes on and you know um but i'm trying to remember which website one of the ones on star wars news websites made a comment that maybe what lucasfilm's looking to do is potentially say we know rogue squadron is coming sometime in 2023 they could look to maybe have one of those two other properties whether it's Taika's or kevin feige's in 25 and then the other one come out in 27 because they have that whole idea of doing a Star Wars movie and then an Avatar movie. So who knows? But again, we're asking about all this stuff in 2021. That's four years and six years from now. So all that could change between now and then. Well, I, I tell you, and I'm going to make this into the segue into what we're going to talk about with uh, um, Loki. Um, I'll tell you that... Um, uh, Disney Plus TV, so whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, gets me far more excited than movie releases mm -hmm. because they're, I think, they're hitting this stuff out of the park. Um, you know, it, it was funny because, uh, so we're two episodes into Loki and we'll, 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 uh, just, uh, it's just basically going to be a conversation about what we think so far. Uh, but I was having a conversation with Scott Colesby, who's been on a friend of all of ours. We, you all know Scott, but the people who are listening, he's been on the show before. Um, and it was interesting because um, I didn't realize how nerded out this, um, this show is and how deep into the lore, into the Marvel comic books. I mean, this is, this is like you're in, so they're having to, it, it's it works on multiple levels somebody like me who you know the only thing i know of loki you know as far as marvel is concerned is what i've seen in the movies um and then there's people like scott and probably you guys that know all the stuff from the comic books 
that are getting it, you know, on a deeper level. Um, so, but I don't know. I, like I said, first two episodes so far, it is really pretty good. Um, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think of Loki so far? I think one of the things that we've been saying about these shows, um, is still, it still applies here, which is that it allows you to tell these stories that you really can't tell in, in that other format, the, the cinema format. So you're able to tell more of a longer, more serial, uh, serialized kind of story in this format, but you're also able to take risks uh, and do interesting things and touch on topics that you may not otherwise touch on, uh, take uh, risky narrative chances uh, that you may not take in the movies necessarily. Um, and I think like we're seeing some more of that here in the early going too. Um, and it, it'll kind of like in what you're talking about, Aaron, which is like, well, let's go into the lore here and like really go for it. Um, we're going to, we're going to introduce this character and we're going to talk about these things and, um, well, specifically, stuff. specifically, sorry, Scott talked about, he said the TVA, you know, the, yeah. the time variant association, right? Did I get that correct? Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so. he said, you know, it was frustrating to him because he knew all about it, but people like me didn't know anything about it. So you had to get that, you know, five minute infomercial, you know, that was the cartoons explaining what the TVA was, you know, it was all exposition. So I just find it, it I found it funny that it was like, to me, I didn't know that I didn't feel like it stopped the story dead or anything, but he was already six steps ahead. So what I like about it, though, is that you're in a position with these shows. You have to fill the shows out, right? And this is something that Netflix has been guilty of. It's like, well, let's do 12 episodes of, of 40 minutes each, and that's all we're going to do. And then it's like, well, how do you fill out those 12 episodes? And then there's like this filler problem. And so what Disney's been doing here um, that I think is really smart is we're not just going to create a bunch of new characters that nobody has any sort of knowledge of. We're going to draw from the actual source material here. And like, you're not beholden to it. You're not saying, oh, we're necessarily going to present this character in this way and this other character is going to mean this thing. No, you. none of that's the case. It's I'm going to draw from it so that people are like, Oh, wow. You know, whether you know it or not, like the fan, the longtime fans, like you said, Aaron, are going to be like, whoa, I, hey, I know about that thing. I know about that person. I know this. Um, and they're going to be more invested right off the bat. Right. Uh, but the other people who have never experienced these characters before, they're going to be inspired to do research. <laughs> All right. Well, who's this? And so like, then they're going to go out and they go down the Internet rabbit holes of Google and everything else to try to figure out who these people are. And then they're going to become more invested. And so, like, I think it's a win-win, really. Like, rather than just making new people up out of thin air. Um, because, again, like you said, you have to fill all these episodes. You have to have rotating characters in and out to keep things fresh. Um, they're drawing from the source material. And, and I just think that's incredibly wise. Now, the uber nerds, my wife being one of them, and she said, this is a compliment, you know, her, she and Scott were talking about it. It's like the people right after that first episode, everybody's like, it's confirmed Loki is gender fluid. And it's like, 
yeah, in Norse mythology as well. You know, it's like that wasn't something that Marvel created and maybe walked away. It's like if you if you know your your mythology, yeah, it's always been a thing. So Loki's given birth. It's like whatever. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I mean yeah, that was yeah. that was the big thing after the first episode because it shows on his ID card or whatever, you know, gender fluid, and everybody's like, he, blah, 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 he said a thing, and it's like, well, good because that's what it has always been, you know. And actually, and then the second episode, he meets up with the female version of Loki, so you know, yeah, Lady Loki. No, it's interesting. A lot of people get. Uh, I always think back to this. Spoiler to alert, when, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think back to back when go when we saw the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy so many years back. I go, Marvel couldn't have done this then. Just like Guardians of the Galaxy couldn't have been the first Marvel movie. They needed to get Iron Man in the door. They needed to get Captain America. They needed to do the Avengers. They needed to get you in the van with the candy that they know you like before they were willing to offer you all the other candies. Because the fact of the matter is, there is a lot of esoteric, a lot of very out there, a lot of very silly and trippy kind of stuff, which we're going to see when Shang-Chi rolls around later this year, when the Eternals roll around next year. This is Marvel saying, okay, you're willing to put up with Guardians and a talking raccoon and a talking tree, and now you're willing to put up, you're willing to put up with Asgard and Loki and the Norse with the mythos. And now we're going to hit you with the Time Variance Authority and Space Lizards and all this other stuff. And you seem rather comfortable with all that. Okay, we'll, we'll just keep bringing up all the stuff that got developed in the 60s and the 70s when our guys were all tripping and crazy and just out there challenging well, and stuff. That's, and that's the way that, I mean, that's the way it is in rock and roll too, right? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, the first two albums from a band are usually you know, they're easy to digest. They're, you know, they sell a lot. They make them a lot of money. And then on the third album, it's like, all right, now we're going to make the music we really want to make. You know, Radiohead didn't come out with OK. Radiohead didn't come out with OK Computer first. Well, yeah, so I mean, people I mean, would not put up with that. I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. And it's like, you know, 10 is still, I think, their, their best album. But they would argue that like post Vitology was their best stuff. You know, and so it's it's just it's just really interesting, you know. Uh, but you're right because you're going to introduce this whole Marvel universe. Like we said, you couldn't start with Wandavision because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have gotten a following. You too didn't start with Actling Baby, for example, or, or Zuropa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they talk about experimental. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, but yeah, you know, it's. This is, it's smart what they're doing. And I, I, I got to give Disney, the mouse, a lot of credit for this, that they're willing to let them just sort of play in the sandbox here. But they're doing it right. They could have totally half-assed it. You know what yeah. I mean? They could have really half-assed it. Um, and they haven't. From a production <laughs> standpoint, from, you know, the acting, the, you know, the, the directors are getting to do these things. They're, I mean... It's it's really interesting that I, I I think when we say TV, that that draws you know, it's it's like watching the Ewok movie, right? I mean, it's like that. But now it's the first like of the second. But now, but now they're yeah, but now there's you know they're saying you know listen, it doesn't matter 
a Black Widow is going to be coming out either on Disney Plus or on the big screen. Your your choice. We're still going to get your money, and you're still going to get the same production value. You know, and that's I mean, so they're they're not seeing any limitation to a smaller screen. Not right now. Yeah, and again, like the other thing too is they're not being obstructionist to the cre- content creators. It's all well, this is not family friendly enough, for example, right? Right. You know. I mean, you see murders and you see stuff and yeah, uh, you see a challenge. Here's what here's what I know. What I'm like when I recognize the quality of the people behind the scenes. When you go and think, let's get Owen Wilson for the role of Mobius, and you're like, Owen Wilson, and then you see the role, and it's perfect. Yeah, but no, I'm and sorry, he, Fredo. He I'm sorry. He's still being Owen Wilson. He is Owen Wilson <laughs> in in Wedding Crashers. It's the same Owen Wilson. That I mean, name it. But, he's but, but I, I don't. Know, I he's he's fine, but it's the same. It's the same thing. But you know what? You get him. You're not getting him because you want Owen Wilson. You get him because you want his interactions with Tom Hiddleston as Loki. You know the thing that, that's, that, that back and forth. And that's the thing that, that I'm digging so mm-hmm. far is that we're we're like in this is this is a buddy cop show. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is 21 Jump Street in like you know marvel you know it's and i didn't expect that i suppose i didn't i did i you know i guess i don't know what i expected but it's not this and but i'm enjoying this so we're gonna get a what a six episode mystery you know yeah you know i um i think kevin smith gave a quote to this effect and but it's something that i always have believed very strongly too and i'm watching consuming media film and tv like all you really need is you need two people on screen who are interesting characters and just having them talk that's all you need really at the end of the day and that's what we've been given so far with you know and i'm like uh, you know the subplots like oh my gosh who's the you know who's the variants and and how is this all going to play out with the you know you know the keepers of time and everything it's like fine yeah that's all great but when they're like in a room together, like across from the table, and they start trading, volleying like tennis, you know, they're volleying things back and forth from each other, and like, you're getting more character insight, and you're getting these sorts of cat and mouse interchanges, and I just I I adore that stuff. And let's I love give it, it. And let's give it up to Marvel here. Maybe maybe I mean Britt and I were talking about this when we were watching the second episode today. Um, and so you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like I mean, all this stuff, Marvel has got the whiteboard flow chart because we had, first of all, WandaVision came out mm-hmm. and we know we got Dr. Strange two coming out the multiverse of madness and what Loki has done in the second episode has created the multiverse. Am I am I am I right? Spoiler alert. I mean, for the most part. For the most part, I think that's what we're looking at. Yeah. So So it's created a situation where the multiverse is being challenged, and you know you have all these diverging things, and so yeah, it's uh it's interesting the way that it's going. But but again, there that's by design. You know, it's it's like Mm -hmm. we're going to put this in here so people. It's you know, uh, sorry. Okay, maybe 
Star Wars kind of did it by, hey, we got to make sure we show this one, you know, Mandalorian episode to show that you can heal people with the force so that people don't freak out when Ray heals a snake. You know, that was that was kind of done. And but actually, Filoni is kind of do it. And I think in retrograde, really, you know, Um, but Marvel, man, they are just planning these things out. Here's what will be interesting, and, and it won't affect us because we're seeing it, but you know that it it work a lot like the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agent Carter kind of work, where if you're watching that concurrently with the movies coming out, you've got a deeper understanding of stuff going on. But if you didn't, it didn't take away from your sense. So there's going to be people walking into Doctor Strange 2, never seen a minute of Loki. It'll still work for them. See, and the that's, thing is, and that's Marvel's no secret sauce. It's you can get as much of it as you want or as little as you need, and we don't punish you for it. No, you're right, but I, I but I'm going to take just a small issue with it because Agents of Shield. As much as I liked Agents of Shield, that was, um, I mean, yeah, right. It was just a thing that would, you know, yeah, kind of the you know, Wandavision and Loki are on par with the storyline as any of the movies it's just you're getting it in 40 minute chunks so um and again that goes back to my earlier comment that it's like they are not seeing a difference in the medium they're not saying well it's tv so we can f around a little bit and we can you know jump the shark if we want to no it's like no we got a storyline to tell and that storyline goes through these movies. Now we're going to go down here to Disney Plus, and that storyline's going to get expanded on. Then we're going to go back up here. So, um, and I, you're going to see it obviously. Um, uh, yeah. So, anyway, sorry, Dave, you're going to say something. I, I was just going to say, like, we've talked about how a lot, what's cool about these shows is like they, they draw on this um, source material. And so, like, there's this incentive for people to go back and do the summer reading. Um, but then there's also this sort of what makes them so appealing, at least I think in my opinion, is that you're also looking forward. You're constantly looking forward. So you're trying to predict what's going to happen. And so you're seeing these seeds get planted. Like you said, you see the, the ver- the variants just explode at the, at the end of episode two here. And you're like, we just created the multiverse of madness, did we not? You know, mm-hmm. um, WandaVision, you know, you the, the events there, you're seeing groundwork being laid, again, for Doctor Strange's uh, multiverse of madness, but you're also seeing groundwork laid for potentially the Scrolls television show, uh, potentially um, Captain Marvel. Uh, so, like, you, it's fun, right? And, and the big one from this most recent episode for me, other than the multiverse thing, was the character reveal at the end. Because Enchantress is like, I mean, to me, is a very big candidate for Thor, Love, and Thunder. The title Thor, Love, and Thunder, to me, means Enchantress is going to show up. It's but, very well mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but again, it's fun because you're like, you're kind of, the seed here you know and let's see where is this going to go and and the speculation the water cooler nature of it is 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 just very fun 
See, and again, uh, to, and to wrap things up, I think if we're, I, I think we're all in agreement in agreement here that um, this is another one of those series so far that you really don't have to have watched. If 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 you've seen, even if you don't, if you haven't seen any of the Avengers movies, I mean, I think you can still enjoy this show. They they do set it up. It's like, I mean, yeah, you might have to look up. Okay, who's this Loki dude? But but otherwise, I think people could step into this one and just watch it and enjoy it. So the first the first episode does a great job of catching you up on where Loki came from, what he's been up to, the kind of character that he is, and what I love about it is that it could have been an easy info dump. They didn't. They re- they tied it into his growth as a character by putting him face to face with the consequences of his actions because he rarely have ever sees them. You know in the the movies that he's been so it's a good way to put it together dave are your kids watching loki at all yeah we're watching that one uh you know like we usually have the big friday night disney plus thing and so now we've had to shift that and apparently we're gonna have to shift that going forward too <laughs> so uh, what it used that? to be it used to be tgi tgif in the, in the glado house so what what do they what do they think are they as into yeah, like, it as anything else or it might be a little talky for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's mostly keeping their interest because there's just a lot there with, again, the rabbit hole. They've got like, they've got this giant, like, Bible sized uh, Marvel encyclopedia of characters, you know? And so, like, the end of every episode, they can go run and grab <laughs> the encyclopedia <laughs> and so they're looking through and figuring out who the characters are and who they might draw from next and uh like for them like enchantress let's go look up enchantress you know and and figure out you know is this you know what's going to happen with her and what's her story and what's her deal and where are we going to go so it's still fun so it's still a lot of fun so kids can get into it cool right yeah yeah all right well let's uh let's talk maybe not as long because we're just kind of hitting on some things but uh bad batch um so last week we asked who we thought the mystery figure was and none of us said, spoiler alert, nobody said Rex. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Seemed a little, a mean, little safe or obvious maybe. That wasn't wasn't what I was expecting one. because, you know, the, but now again, in listening to a couple other podcasts and I agree, um, it, now because Rex is in there, the last time we saw, well, when like, I guess in Rebels, when we see Rex, he's like totally retired and done. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's with Wolf and Gregor. Now he's by him, right now he's by himself and he's in the thick of things because he's meeting up with somebody, rendezvousing with somebody. He's, look, you know, meeting up with the Bad Batch and getting their chips out and stuff like that. And it's, I, I wonder, I guess, I guess my thought is I think he is right now looking, hunting down as many of the clones as he can that are out there and get their chips out. And then once that's exhausted, then he's going to go, you know, fishing in the desert. Yeah. Or is, or is he the original fulcrum? I don't know. That's jumping off a ledge, but uh, I think we know the original Fulcrum was 
uh, Ahsoka. At least we've been led to believe that. Well, that's the one we first meet at the end of season one of uh, Rebels. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that her the way that he found out about the Bad Batch was to trace and Rafa Marquez. Marquez, who, who Ahsoka, Ahsoka, ha Ahsoka had to have hooked him up with them. Yeah. So, so that's the connection there between them. Uh, no, I, I think I'm, I'm liking the episodes. I like this this last one. It was fun going back to Braca. The moment I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's the world from Jedi Fallen Order. So that, so, so um, are are we going to see Kyle Kestis? He's in there somewhere hiding. He should be as a as a young man because. This is happening a few weeks, if not a few months, from the fall of the Empire, which, if you play that video game, when Order 66 happens, he takes a escape pod down into the planet and he's hiding that. So again, that's what I'm saying. Is, are, is, is, is Star Wars now doing what, what Marvel's been doing? Are we going to get more of these connections? Because why else would you go to that planet? Why else no, would mean, you go? You could go to any other... That rebels did it all the time they went to planets we've never seen before and made up goofy names but we're taking you to a specific place at a specific time well you wouldn't necessarily mean the cal that you would run into would be a little boy he wouldn't be the character that the video games have because you know that that takes place years later uh i think in some ways it's an easy it's an easy kind of fix go hey it ties into something you've seen before uh, rather than inventing a whole new planet. Uh, but I, I kind of started, started thinking after the last episode, I know that there's been some criticisms about Bad Batch kind of repeating the same steps that we've seen in other Star Wars shows. But I was thinking, in some ways, this is... Like, if you remember Rebel Season 1 or Clone Wars Season 1, and now people were kind of like, eh, meh about it, and it's not until later seasons... Uh, in some ways, I think people are feeling this is more like, oh, this is a native Clone Wars. It's like, no, it's its own thing. It's trying to establish its own rules. So you kind of have to give them time to expand themselves because, you know, that's going to take a moment. The thing I think that's a really good point. Like, I, I just I wanted to say, yes, patience, right? I mean, we, we get so caught up in the now and... This kind of ties in with the Pelicans thing we were talking about earlier, which is like, oh, they haven't won right away with this amazing talent. And it's like, let's see where it goes. You know, let's, let's just kind of see how they develop this story, where they take it. There's a lot of interesting things they can do with it. Um, you think about uh, uh, Omega and her storyline, they, they're going to have to pay that off at some point, right? Um, like you said, uh, Aaron, Rex is in a totally different place uh, at, at the beginning of Rebels. Where, where, like, how did he end up there? Um, because that feels like a very deliberate choice on his part. And he's, and the thing is, he's done. At yeah. that point, he is done. He's, it's like, it's taken, it's taken a lot of, you know, convincing to get back into it. So mm -hmm. some, that that's going to have to be explained. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so there's a lot. They, and again, we've talked about the themes too, right? Of military themes. Uh, Ryan came on, especially like there's a lot of, like really, really fertile ground that for them to dig into there because we haven't really dealt with some of those issues, um, other than just superficially. And so, um, 
there's opportunity with this with this series and i think like just the fact that Filoni had, had done such a great job with Rebels, I'm willing to kind of just ride along with it for a little while and, and just kind of see where he takes this because I, I, I do trust him. I do, think, I do think the the breadcrumbs are there that I think we're going to see Ahsoka in this as well at some point because, you know, the Trace and Rafa thing, again, that could that could have been that – it didn't have to be those two characters, and right. people are people are also saying that the droid, the R, the R, R seven that they had, the droid that they had in the cockpit, they're saying that was Ahsoka's droid. Now I'm kind of like, I, I don't know. There was you know, from everything we know, R two D two was an R two unit, so there were mm-hmm. several R twos, and just because they call this one R seven doesn't mean that it's necessarily Ahsoka's. But the color scheme is similar or the same, um, so. You know, is is a so would it bother it, you if if Ahsoka showed up in this show? No, I I don't think it would bother me. I think it would make sense, especially if we know that she is and and I think that when when um when whichever one of Tracer Rafa says we're we're working for somebody who's trying to fight the Empire, I don't mm-hmm. think that's Rex. I think it's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I think I think Rex has got his own mission right now and I think they're they're right now connected but I think ultimately they're working for Ahsoka that would make sense um you know she probably went around and said hey I can help you guys out and you need a better deal and fight on the correct side and especially right. when when uh one of them says eventually you take sides you know um so I think they're working for Ahsoka so no it wouldn't bother me you know, it, it's kind of what I expect. Let me ask both of you guys this. Is there anything at this point, like if you were saw anything that would make you groan, like if uh, a character appearance or a planet appearance, because again, we talk about these sorts of connections and it seems a little odd that like you said, that it would be these two specific characters um, but again, that that allowed them to introduce Rex in a slightly more I organic would, way. I would groan if we saw, um, if we we saw like little Han Solo, <laughs> like when when they went to Corellia, I was totally expecting that. Um, you know, I was totally expecting something like that. I, I would groan if we got that. Um, again, what if we get I, little Jenerson? If they bump it to Saul Guerrero again, I think I think that one would kind of be like a neat little Easter egg. I tell you what, I was I would I, the one I think that would be really cool is if we see some Enfys Nest, you know, because the Enfys Nest that we saw in Solo, she talked about how her when her mother wore the the, the outfit, the armor. So if it's, I think that would be a cool connection, um, because in the Solo novelization, I mean. Emphasis Ness is giving the coaxium to Saw Gerrera. So they've, I mean, um, I've heard rumors of Hondo Anaka uh, mm. making, showing up, which I guess would, again, make sense. Um, I don't know. You know, it's kind of funny because it's like people complain and say, well, gosh, can't we have new characters or something like that? It's like we live in New Orleans and at like six degrees, it's three degrees of separation 
It's like, you know, we all, we all have a friends out there somewhere that none of us have talked about before, but we all know, and we don't know that we all know each other. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and so all these, all these players are going to be, you know, so if they show up, yeah, but uh, no, that would make me groan a little Han Solo. Or if we got, you know, Chewie's backstory, you know, um, you know, how he got to Mimban or whatever in the mud. Um, I don't know. How about you, Dave? Think, Would I, you have something? I think more more Tatooine. More Tatooine just would feel forced, but I guess. Yeah, that one doesn't make, already, that one doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, they've already, they've already had the, yeah, they've already had the Java connection, though. You know, so there might be more like gangster high hijinks. I don't, I don't know, but like, I don't need that in my life. I guess they could do it, and they could do it well, and so I shouldn't judge it. I, I still time, have, but... I, I still bet we're gonna see, we're gonna see Boba Fett at some point, um, because we got Fennec Shand already, and I, I think that's gonna link into the book of Boba Fett. So I think, again, I think it seems like Filoni is taking a page out of Kevin Feige's book and, and trying to, and, and everybody, yes, the star Wars galaxy is huge, but I mean, if you make it as huge as it is, then the stories aren't going to be as meaningful. But, and it's also, I mean, let's, again, we go back to this point of, we haven't seen any of these characters in this period, in the immediate fall of the Republic ascendancy of the empire. You know, we've had some books and some comics that told us how some of those characters reacted to what happened. But it's different seeing it, having a, how they've been the moment of, oh, crud, you know, everything we fought for, we were fighting for was a lie, and we got duped, and now the galaxy is in even worse hands. You know, how they dealt with that, how they dealt with that, the aftermath. That's mm-hmm. one of those topics that I'd love them to see tackle with the members of the Bad Batch, but also with characters like Rex, with Ahsoka, with all these other people who got played by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. this, you know, this these group of characters allows them to bring some of those other characters back, and then you get to see some of that, like you said, some of that untold story um, through these new characters' eyes. And, um, and I think, like, that was always kind of the selling point of the series, at least for me. Which is like okay, well let's let's hear about this kind of period, this time period in the galaxy that we haven't heard about yet. Um, but I'm also really excited about visiting worlds that we don't really know a lot about, um, and characters that maybe we don't know a lot about because I think like there's just so much fertile ground in Star Wars that just hasn't really been mined yet. And the, the, this this uh, this most recent one, Fredo, you brought up in uh, in chat, like that that they're on this planet, this uh, this junk planet, mm-hmm. or they're tearing down the old uh, uh, Republic's uh, fleet, and you know it's being run by the Scrapping Guild and all that other stuff. Yeah, and that, the thing is that something that's going to continue until uh, whenever we get to right before uh, Jedi Fallen Order's beginning, because that's where it starts. By the yeah, way, Fallen I, Order. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like the Fallen Order connection there, and then again, the, the mining guild is a, a reference that we uh, saw in um, Rebels. Um, Rebels, and in Mandalorian. You know, uh, right. by the way, kind of, I, I mentioned Mimban earlier. I started. I, this is kind of cool. I started watching uh, some early 
uh, season one stuff of Clone Wars. Again, I was watching actually the episode where we meet Echo and Fives and Heavy, and they're listening to like Armed Forces Radio or whatever, and they mention Mimban. So we think that in Solo, that's the first time. I mean, so um, no, I you know I'm I'm really digging this episode. I'm, I'm surprised uh, this this uh, show. I'm really surprised we've for the last couple of episodes we've strayed away from the um the empire as the baddies you know what i mean um so that's kind of interesting i wonder when we're going to get back into that um but i'm really i'm really intrigued on what's going to happen with rex um and uh other than that it's like i said so far so good so do you, do you think that with with the guild calling whoever they're going to call they call the empire do you think it's going to be Crosshair and his team coming to uh, face off against them? Honestly, I think Crosshair and his team are what the Death Troopers become, you know, or what become the Death Troopers. Um, I think I think you saw. I mean, that just seems what seems logical there as well. Um, hmm. You know, however, okay, you mentioned another groaner, um, but I've I've heard rumor. Well, I guess that's what that was the Andor, but I would think if I saw Orson Krennic. I would get a little groany on that one. I mean, if we're, you know, going to start talking about the Death Star again, because, yeah, I think the Death Star is better spoken about in Rebels. I mean, you kind of start getting the backstory there. That's fine. Um, this has got to be more of the the start of the rebellion. You know, um, yeah. I think I think seeing course cassian would probably be too young at this point as well right yeah even though he said he was in this fight since he was 60 years old so do we get some sort of you know oh, six-year-old six cassian <laughs> instead right. of six-year-old solo we get six-year-old cassian but it would make yeah. more sense if a six-year-old Han Solo would just be, oh, God, you know, but this one is like, okay, yeah, he said, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Maybe the Empire destroys his village or something like that, and the Bad Batch give him to, you know, in the hands of Rex, who takes care. I don't you know, I'm just spitballing here, but there's ways that how does Cassian become into get into the Rebellion? That was a interesting line he dropped in Rogue One that could be paid off you know, in about this time. So who knows? Um, yeah. So like I said, we didn't give you much spoilers, but it, so it's, like I said, I'm, I'm digging it so far. I'm worried if we get another episode, like we've had the last couple that it's going to be stalled out. Um, they need to kind of, I think, kick up the urgency just a little bit. Mission um, of the week's episodes kind of get dragged. And um, and Omega still has I don't know what to make of Omega. Um, I like her as I like her character. Um, I just don't know what she is. You know, if she just tur- she's going. if she just turns out to be you know their pet dog, I mean that's you know that'll be a miserable opportunity. But there's something going on with her, you know, whether it's force sensitivity or you know what the Kaminoans were doing to create her, you know, I've actually, but so anyway, who knows? Um, I think that might be, they need to start paying that off soon as well. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may, yeah, I may be season four 
are we but are we are, are we sure we're getting more than one season of the bad batch can they're doing yeah, they're know. doing 16 episodes it's like if you do 16 episodes and you're just gonna stick in between basically this and rogue one or this and rebels then i don't know you talk about there's a lot of filler in there well again 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 that's why i go back to my point of this is season one i could see them where they drag out season one but it's you know, similar to Rebels, where season two really had things but start kicking up story-wise. We've as seen links connect. You know, and we, I know the alarm has gone off, but we've seen you know young uh, Kane and Jarrus. We could also at some point see young Harris and Dula. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I mean there's, there's there's a lot of things. Well, I mean, Champs and Dula was already in Clone Wars, so I mean, there's yeah, I mean, all that stuff. It, you know, I'll say one last thing about this. I, I think we don't know if there's going to be a second season, and we don't know if Filoni has told a complete story through the, the arc of this season, right? Um, and we know that he has a tendency to kind of warm up slowly, um, as we saw with Rebels and Clone Wars. Uh, and so I would I would hope that this series gets a chance to kind of breathe and, and take off. Uh, and so I would encourage people, if they haven't checked it out yet, to, to watch it because the raw numbers are actually going to maybe tell the story of whether this continues. This, yeah, whether it continues and whether we get an actual payoff that we're all going to really enjoy or not. Yep. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh Thus wraps up our conversation for this evening. And don't forget, we left you a Twitter uh, trivia question. So rewind and <laughs> give us the answer if you know what the hell this thing was that the uh, pike-wielding thingamajig, whatever. Um, but uh, like I said, you can follow us on social media. You can get our this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. And if they ask where they can get it, they can pretty much get it anywhere you can get a podcast. Um, and uh, you know, if there are topics that you would like us to cover get our you know two cents in on um let us know that on twitter or on facebook or you know smoke signals or whatever um so you know uh otherwise we're good with just sitting around a virtual table and bsing about you know all sorts of star wars stuff um but um until next week we will say who dat and everybody have a great Thank you.